Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hi. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my estimable, I don't know, this is my co-host. It's a word, I like it. Uh, My name is Chris Huddleston. And today, we are very excited to be talking to you about the 1985 Dario Argento film, Phenomena. of this part of the country. It comes from the Alps. The blasts of warm air cause snow avalanches. While it blows, there are those who say it causes madness. Any idea why they behave like that? Never done this before. It's probably because of me. I guess they sense the mood I'm in. See, he's not afraid of you. He won't do that for me. Ask him to lead you where the dead bodies are hidden, and he'll lead you. That fly is your magic wand. perfectly normal for insects to be slightly telepathic. Yeah, it's normal for insects. But am I normal? I love you. I love you all. Okay, do you have a synopsis for us, Monsieur Hadalstein? I do. So we should say this in Italian, if we knew anything Italian. Oh, uh, ciao, signore, Bella. <laughs> signore Hadalstein. <laughs> uh, we don't want to alienate any Italians. I've already offended yeah. the French. Yeah, so we have any Italians. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Phenomena, which is also called Creepers, uh, we, we can get to that, but... Uh, this is a 1985 film, as you said, directed by Dario Argento. It stars a young Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance. And the synopsis is a young girl with an amazing ability to communicate with insects is transferred to an exclusive Swiss boarding school where her unusual, unusual capability might help solve a string of murders. So I had seen about half of this movie a couple of years ago 
and I never finished it for whatever reason. Um, but I finished it last night, but you had not seen this movie at all, Chris. So how never about even, we... never even heard never, of it? Never even heard I of it. All right. Never even heard of it. So let's start with your thoughts. I remember texting you early on. This movie is bonkers. <laughs> and I stand by that. This movie is bonkers, people. It's bonkers. Um, I'm not, I know of, I know a bit about Dario Argento's work, but I'm not super well versed in it. Um, it's, uh, it's stylistically, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, it's got elements of a bunch of different stuff in there, all sort of stitched together in a kind of a Frankenstein-y way. The soundtrack has at least at least three distinct components. There's a sort of um, um, metal, almost a hairband, 1985 metal thing that comes in, like when there's a murder sequence and the killer is chasing our heroine or somebody else is like, doo, 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 doo. oh, yeah. And you're like, what? what? And then other times there's this sort of very, um, very richly produced. I think you said it, it almost sounds like um, Blade Runner where there's this sort of mm-hmm. uh, synth driven, but, but very, very layered and multidimensional. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's not, EDM, but electronic music that I thought was my favorite of it all. And then other, and then other times there's, um, there's just sort of what I think of as kind of walking around music, like boo, 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 I'm just, that's not from the film. I'm just pulling that it's out. Word, that's a uh, word, not word for word, Nert, note for note. Note for note. Reproduction. I transcribed it. But, <laughs> but you know, it's sort of like now she's going downtown to check out some stuff and make a call. And then there's that just sort of walking around thing that feels like a guy with a Casio, you know, did it in an afternoon is what it felt like to me. And so the soundscape of this thing is, is kooky. And then you've got, You've got the plot, which is, do you want to jump in here before I wade into the plot? Because I I could talk for a long time. Sure, yeah. So um, I'm a lot more familiar with Dario Argento. I've gotten into some of these Italian movies just in the last few years. So I have watched most of, I have watched most of, of his movies. Um, And believe it or not, Chris, with you being somebody who's not really familiar with uh his films even though this is weird and some of it doesn't make sense this is a really a more straightforward story than some of his other films some Mm. and and i think this was pretty typical of the italian sort of in general and i don't want to i i feel like i pick on Zack snyder a lot but with Zack snyder's movies There are a lot of things in them that I feel like are just like, oh, you know what? It'd be cool. Let's do this. This would be cool. I think with the Italians and and particularly Dario Argento, I feel there is a lot that they did that was just, this would be creepy or this will be weird. It doesn't necessarily make any sense, but much of the Italian films, and I feel like parts of this, are kind of dreamlike. There's a movie that he did called Inferno where 
there is a woman who, uh, in her apartment building, she goes into the basement of the apartment building and finds this hole that's filled with water and her necklace or something falls off into the water. So she reaches down in there to try to get it out and finally goes completely into the water. And you realize that there is an entire room underwater that she swims around in. It makes no sense, but it's this really amazing scene. And, and I think they just a lot did a lot of stuff like that. And, and phenomena has some of this in the beginning. I felt like the opening of this was really strong. There's a girl who uh, it's in Switzerland. The movie takes place in Switzerland, but there's a girl who's on some kind of a tour with uh, her classmates and she misses the bus where they have stopped and the her bus takes off and she goes to head towards a uh, a house and it turns out there's you don't see who it is but there's this chained up creature or um something something in there that chases after her and goes and and stabs her to death and uh um and that is to me you're watching it and it's just like this just feels like something right out of a nightmare and there are some other scenes in the film that are like that. Not that that scene didn't make sense, but there's some other things where it's like, yeah, this doesn't really make sense, but it's creepy. Um, but, you know, believe it or not, if you haven't seen other Dario Argento movies, this one is is a lot less surreal than some of his other works. In the beginning of the movie, you think, so you have Jennifer Connelly and she can control insects and she meets up with, uh, she sleepwalks. And shows up at Donald Pleasant's home, and he's an entomologist who has a, a Scottish chim- Scottish entomologist. Yeah, Scottish entomologist who has a chimpanzee. He's in a wheelchair. That uh, Donald Pleasant is not the chimp, um, but he has a chimp who is either his pet or a helper. You're not kind of not really sure, um, but for really no reason, there's this chimp in the film, and you think this is going to be just a ridiculously dumb movie. You think but, this is bonkers. Yeah, is but not a, yeah, you think this is bonkers, but I thought this movie was going to be, uh, it's not super, super campy. Like this isn't a movie that you would, if you watched it with friends, you'd just be like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? But this isn't a movie where, in my opinion, that you're going to laugh at it where you're just gonna be like, this is so stupid. You know, this is poorly done. It's not poorly made. No, it's it's well shot. And the the acting, considering a lot of it is dubbed, is good. As you said, the score is kind of all over the place, but especially when you get to the end. So there's this serial killer. That's almost kind of like a background element in a way, but uh, these girls around Jennifer Connelly are being killed and, you know, everybody's she and this cop are trying to solve it. But you get to the end. And this is some of the kind of crazy stuff that Dario Argento does. Well, wait, before what, you get to the end, I want to okay. unpack a lot. Yeah, of you this. go ahead. So, you go ahead. Yeah. I was kind so of all you, over the place. You said Jennifer Connolly and this cop are trying to solve it. You see the cop come interview the Scottish entomologist at the beginning of the film after the first murder. And really that establishes that the entomologist can sort of determine time of death um, based on 
um, insect life on the corpse, right? And that and was a great thing this... where he has. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, but he ahead. has a glass box with a head in it. Right. <laughs> That's what the, the, the first victim is decapitated. Yes. And but it's like, well, you know, we can tell the the you know get an idea of of when the death occurred because of the decomposition from the bugs and everything. But it's just he just has this head in his house in a glass box, you know? <laughs> right. A big glass box. A big glass box, yeah, that he puts a cover over. So, you know, because that would be uncouth for to have to see the the head all the time. But it's just like, would they just let a scientist have a head in his house? I don't know. I'll just keep the evidence here, guys. Um, and, and, and then we don't really see the cops again until Act 3, okay. right? We find that we actually witness other girls being murdered. And there's whispering about it at the school. Oh, there's a killer. It's common knowledge. People know it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop these high school girls from sneaking out at night alone on the expansive grounds yeah. to meet boyfriends and ultimately get murdered. I mean, that happens regularly. It's like mm -hmm. every night, three or four girls sneak out. You know, it's, that's what it feels like. It's just like... Oh, there's a killer. He's going to get you. Bye. I got to go meet my boyfriend maybe in the woods and probably get killed. Um, and so Jennifer Connelly is quote unquote trying to solve it in that the insects are sort of showing her things. She's just kind of incidentally involved, right? I mean, she's mm -hmm. not really Nancy Drew. She doesn't want the killer to be killing anybody, but really what she wants to do is leave and go back to L.A., and yeah. she just kind of stuff kind of keeps she sleepwalks literally into stuff and the killer sees her in that way because she witnesses one of the girls being murdered and she doesn't remember seeing the killer because she's sleepwalking. But the killer obviously sees her. So she, now she fears for her life and she fears she's involved. And that's her kind of thing. But the cops don't. You know, there's not we're not always it's not as for you. We're not always cutting back to the procedural where they're like finding clues and these are decapitations and impalings in one shot the, the killer has this sort of uh, a, a spear that you kind of see it's a steel thing that kind of locks together it's a rod and a blade and it kind of goes like it's almost like a piece of like you're setting up a boom mic or something uh, you know I, I don't know what that thing is uh, i wonder yeah that's what weapon. i asked you yeah I, yeah I wonder if that's some specific tool that's used for something just this obscure thing that they were like oh that'd be a good weapon i don't know i it's not clear to me either uh, but there's one where the killer gets his victim from uh the back of the head and the spike comes popping out that's the one i think jennifer is that the one jennifer connelly witnesses or no where she's walking on the roof uh, yeah the someone's trying to get to the window and she's like ah help you know and then out through her mouth <laughs> the tip mm -hmm. of this spike and and there's a couple of scenes like that that you're like oh my god wow you know um so there's a lot of i would think there's a lot of blood there's a lot of forensic evidence around but you don't see cops collecting it or any progress being made in this case you just see jennifer conley getting more and more concerned about being killed and learning a bit more about her sleepwalking and learning a bit more about her uncanny ability to commune with insects. Um, all of which is just kind of treated casually. It's like, oh, I don't like to talk about it because, you know, people think I'm weird. 
And the entomologist is like, yeah, it's really quite remarkable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, she's a superpower, really. Um, you know, and these 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 young girls aren't just being, you know, abducted and strangled. They're being decapitated and mutilated in horrible ways. And I would just it struck me as strange that there wasn't a lockdown on the campus and, a, a, you know, police guards strolling the grounds. I mean, maybe things were different in Switzerland or, you know, the Swiss Alps or wherever this thing takes place in the 1985. But it struck me as odd that there wasn't more of a, an active effort to protect this victim pool, which increasingly seems to be just the girls at this school. Yeah. And the funny thing is the, the, and it's all women. I don't know that you ever see any men except a doctor, but the, the women that run the school are kind of mean and very strict with the girls about their bedtime and all that kind of thing. So you'd kind of think, and also ineffectual, frankly, I mean, they talk a stiff game, but yeah, they don't really punish. There's no punishment, but it's, yeah. And it's funny that, you know, it's this elite school. So Jennifer Connelly, her, her father is some movie star and, you know, so presumably, presumably these other girls, you know, are from similar families. So you would think these, I mean, just any school would have this viewpoint, but I think in particular a school like this, where it's these very rich and powerful families that they would just be like, we're gonna have to lock this place down and make sure that these girls don't leave ever. And get, you know what I mean? It was just a really weird thing that it's just, they're strict about like, you got to go to bed, but it's like, they, there's no problem at all with the girls getting out to go and meet their bo- boyfriends and, right. you know, roam around in the woods and stuff. As the bodies pile up. Yeah. It's just like right. they're doing no you, shot no, of concerned parents, no shot of right. I mean, there's just there's no, no meeting with the school being like, OK, nobody leaves. We're cracking down and, you know, we've got police officers stationed outside. And yeah, yeah, it's very strange. It is very strange. So um, Act One establishes all of this relatively slowly. Act Two develops all of this relatively slowly with spikes of activity around these murders, right? They're they're pulse quickening scenes. They're, you know, they're shot in in a thrill inducing way. You know, they're scary and they're gross and, and sometimes, uh, and upsetting. And we don't see the killer. We don't see the killer's face. We don't have any inkling of who the killer is. Um, uh, and eventually we arrive at act three and you go ahead and pick up act because act three gets capital B bonkers. So Donald Pleasance is killed. Um, his chimp is, he gets locked out and there's actually what I felt like it was a, a fairly upsetting scene where the killer comes in and, uh, and kills, Donald Pleasance and the the chimp is trying to get back in the house and can see what's happening or can, you know, is aware. And the chimp, there's like, I don't know, what are those things called? Like on the, there's like shutters on the door. Right. And the, the chimp is just ripping apart, you know, taking, ripping the wood out and then breaks the glass out to get, to get in, you know, to get to him, but he's too late. Uh, Donald Pleasance has always already been killed. So the chimp then leaves and there's a couple of scenes of the chimp just wandering around and he finds a trash can 
just out in a park somewhere and a straight razor in it. So naturally he picks up the straight razor, you know, as a chimp would do. Handy so to have. That, yeah, exactly. Handy to have. And uh, the chimp doesn't have any pockets. So I guess he just carries around this, uh, you know, open the straight razor. Straight razor. Yeah. Open straight razor. So Jennifer Connelly, then she's trying to get back to L.A. And one of the women who um, works at the school comes and picks her up at this bank where she was trying to get money wired to her. And she says, oh, your lawyer is coming. Uh, You know, he's going to pick you up at the airport and I'll take you there. And it it, she tells her that the flight is the next day. So she's basically like, you can come and stay at my house. And um, so she uh, she takes her to the house and she tells her that she has that was and I was trying I should have uh, written it down. But there was some really funny dialogue with her where she's telling her about her son. Uh, she the, all of the mirrors in the in the house are covered. And um, she says, well, that's because of my son. And she's talking about what a burden he is. And and uh, do you remember right. any of those lines? Where I do. In like, fact, I was going to I'd like to read you the texts that I okay. sent you last night as I reached okay. this point in the movie. Because uh, I, my first text, not I. This is not my first text. Uh, I write this. This guy murders like crazy, literally all the time. And the first crime scene we see is when he kills the old man. Body count of like six girls and nothing. And you say I won't spoil anything. Uh, and then you say the chimp trying to get him in the house was kind of upsetting. And then I say monkey finds a straight razor in the garbage. <laughs> and you write as one does. <laughs> and then some time goes by. And I write, and we see Shapiro, and I'm like, it's 100% Shapiro was the murderer. And then I write, right after that, I write, no, wait, it's the woman. Uh, and uh, and we get to the, then we're in the house, and my texts are flying, flying fast and furious. So this woman says, you know, blah, 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 my son, I have to cover all the mirrors because he can't stand it. He's special or something like that. And uh, and then leaves. Like, she keeps mm-hmm. leaving Jennifer uh, alone. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer kind of goes upstairs. I don't remember why and goes in a room. And then there's this sort of creepy like upstairs, you know, bedroom lit by moonlight or something coming in the window and, and sitting in the moonlight staring out the window is apparently this little boy. Right. And so she's like, hello. And she starts to walk into the room. We get closer and closer to it. And then we as the audience realize it's a doll and she reaches out to touch it and it sort of topples over. And, you know, it's a it's a doll. It's not a scary looking doll, but it's supposed to be scary because we thought it was a boy. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I write woman keeps a child sized doll sitting in an upstairs bedroom just because. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer Connelly, I I wasn't sure there. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. I knocked him over. And yeah, I didn't know if she thought it was real or if she was humoring the woman. She had to be. That, She's like, this woman is insane. Right? Yeah, because she Cause was like child was it was the doll. The doll was posed like a mm-hmm. like a human boy. It's human boy sized. It's posed like it's it's just sitting in the middle of the room, not propped up on a bed, you know, not sitting in a corner, not on a stand, sitting mm-hmm. in the middle of the floor the way a child would staring out the window it's deliberately creepy and weird and and jennifer Connolly, i think my interpretation of it is oh this woman is insane that's what i thought and, too and, it was, and i'm it was... scared and i'm not going to trigger her by 
being like, why do you have a doll in this room? Like, she thinks this is her son. So she's what like, oh, I'm really... sorry, I knocked him over. And the woman's like, don't be stupid. It's a doll. Yeah, she was like, ha, 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 you didn't think that was my child. It's a doll. And she's like, okay, yeah, of course. You know, you're not crazy at all. And yeah, that was, I like that. Uh, that was really great. But so, so then, then they she... have a they have an argument, right? And and Jennifer goes, tries to make a phone call. And the woman kind of rips the phone out of the wall. And she insists that Jennifer needs to take these pills to help her calm down. Or whatever. And she's like, I'm not taking any pills. I'm not. Then my cut dropped the English dub and they were, you know, arguing in Italian, mm. which I don't speak. So I don't remember the particulars of what they take, but it's basically like, you must take the pills. I was like, no, I don't want to take the pills. Yes, you must take them. I, you can't make me. Oh, yes. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, I, that's what I assumed they were saying. That's what it, that then, was, what it was. Yeah. And then Jennifer, Jennifer goes in the bathroom with the pills pours herself a glass of water and I write, she takes the pills. <laughs> she, she, I guess the woman convinces her. What did the woman actually say to convince Jennifer to take these? The woman that Jennifer thinks is crazy says, take these pills. And one way or another, Jennifer does. What, what did she say to convince her? That there wasn't anything really. She's just like, you've got to take them. I mean, you pretty much, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Okay, so apparently Jennifer decides to take the pills. She takes one, and it makes her feel stomach pain, and she makes herself vomit it back up, and she literally says, poison. Um, the woman comes in and sees that one of the pills has been taken, right? And then there's sort of a, doesn't she sort of chase her through the house? Or, or, or she leaves again, and... Jennifer that's goes when to she try and get the, the phone. She tries. That's to when get... she takes the phone. Yeah, she tries to make a phone call. She hits her in the back of the head. Oh, and then she takes the phone right and Clocks puts it in this in other room. Yeah. yeah, she puts it in another room, and then that's when Shapiro or is it Shapiro? Is that no? Shapiro is the attorney, I think. That's when the the cop shows up, and uh, so in the oh, and the woman. That was the thing that I was going to say where it's like, okay, this would just naturally, a person would have this in their, in their house. She presses a button or something and these steel shutters right. come down over like all the panic room over the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> Huge locks. And you're like, oh boy. Like, so you know. then the, the cop shows up and she goes outside to, to, uh, to, uh, talk to the cop. And so then this is when Jennifer is trying, she, uh, the the phone is in a room with a closed door and it's one of those i always think of these as being european style because i don't i don't really think people did this too much in the us but where it's a door and then there's a little window at the top that opens up right and so she's trying to get through that window to get the phone and she gets some kind of a pole to try to pull on it and i thought that was a really suspenseful scene yeah. and there's just this random hole in the floor that um, the phone the, cord is disappearing down. Yeah, the phone falls into. She climbs through that window, and uh, then she she hears the the cop screaming. So the you think that the woman has killed the cop, and so Jennifer Connolly, uh, she hears the woman coming, and she crawls down into that hole, which is this long like that was really creepy. I thought this long tunnel, and then it turns out she basically has like a dungeon under the house where she has the cop chained up and um, 
there's this big pit with skeletons and I don't know, it looks like gruel or something in there. It was really disgusting. And, um, and so you, yes. you, you realize then that the beginning when we had seen where there was someone chained up and we thought that was a monster or that was the killer or whatever, that must've been the same kind of scenario where that wasn't the, really the killer. That must've been someone that the, the killer had chained up. That was the way I. Oh, kind of yeah. No, I had a different interpretation of that, but okay. let's go back for a minute to the, uh, the gross soup. Yeah. So that almost made me physically I ill. You, I texted you gross and you were like, yeah. oh yeah, if that's the scene I'm thinking of. So she falls in this, it's down in the basement and there's this pit and it's, um, it's kind of human sludge. It's like body parts that have all decomposed. And um, there's lots of close-up shots of like rotting faces and maggots crawling all over them. And it's, it's, incredibly disgusting and she can't get out and she's screaming and she's covered with all these remains and it's ugh, it's really upsetting and meanwhile the cop is chained a few feet away with his hands behind him in manacles chained to the bolted to the wall and the woman comes in and is standing between the cop and the pool watching jennifer flail around in it trying to get out and screaming for her life and just laughing hysterically for a long time <laughs> it just goes on and on and you're kind of like this is yeah this is a nightmare like these are these are these scenes are shot like a nightmare mm-hmm. eventually eventually i forget i guess he breaks his own thumb to get one hand out of the manacle right yes right and then manages to get his other hand free and clonks her the woman and then sort of starts beating her in the face, right? Knocks her down, and then he sort of straddles her the way, you know, a, um, a bully from the Christmas a Christmas story he just straddles her and just starts left, right, left, right, pounding her on the face. And in this, while this is happening, uh, Jennifer manages to get out of the sludge pit, right? Yes. Am I right? And then she goes, so she takes off and she finds an exit and she goes down. There's, it's like a whole basement of a bunch of rooms and she opens a room and in that room, you know, there's a little boy standing in the corner. And at first you think it's the doll again, but the little boy says in a little boy, a very, you know, nightmarish little boy voice is like, yes, there's something going on, mommy or something like that. And then the little boy turns around or she says, let me me stop you for just one second. So Jennifer Connelly comes in very calmly after she's just gotten out of a pit of of human, you know, and she's human. clean again. She's clean again. So oh, okay. yeah, I, I don't think I even noticed that part. But I mean, she she's been calmly... dipped from literally dunked in what looks like a combination of oatmeal and blood and sewage, and it's disgusting, right? Yeah, and but, but now she's clean. So. She she walks up to the little boy who's in the corner, has his back to the screen, and she walks up to him very calmly. Um, I know your mother was bad, but uh, but you know I'm going to help you or whatever. And I'm just right, thinking, right. if no, you have no. gone through all of this stuff, right? You would just be like, you would just be like, I don't give a shit about this kid. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing, right. And this is going to be a trap. Just, you know. <laughs> let's just also let like. Let's just set aside the whole nightmare scenario. You're in a stranger's house. 
or an acquaintance's house and you go into a room and you see a little boy standing Blair Witch style facing the corner. Uh-huh. Your first line Not is... even somebody who's just tried to murder you, you know. No, right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm painting a totally innocuous picture here. Mm-hmm. You see, a, a child is standing in the corner of a room, a child you've never met and don't know and doesn't know you. Your first line is, I know your mother was bad. No, I'm not. I'm Jennifer. Hi, excuse me. I don't mean to startle you. Nothing. She just walks in the room and says, I know your mother was bad, um, but that doesn't mean you have to be too. And he turns around and he is a monster. Uh, yeah. Not, I mean, he's not, he doesn't have a bad hair lip. He doesn't look like Chucky. He is a monster, right? I mean, it's not human deformity. He is, how would you describe him? His mouth is sort it is of, a mutant. Yeah, he has this little mouth with all these jagged teeth and his eyes are, I don't know, almost like, he almost looks like he's part fish or something. I don't know. It's right, very but weird. From he's the all back, gray. He's got a preppy little sweater on and, uh, you know, a, a tidy little 1985 rich boy haircut. Right. And then he turns around and his face is like. Now, was that what you were expecting? Because I when he turned around, I thought it's going to be he's a like a 70 year old little person. I thought he was going to be old when he turned around. I was not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I knew he wasn't going to be a a little boy. I knew there was going to be something something up with him. At the end of this movie, when you see a little kid standing in the corner, Blair Witch style, you know that kid's going to turn around and you know yeah. it's not just going to be. I mean, I thought maybe the kid would have like a scalpel or something. It'd be like, ah, uh, OK, you know, mommy and I work together or something like that. Yeah, we're a team, <laughs> which turns out not to be all that far from the mark. I mean, I it's think true, she did, yeah. did kill some of the people to sort of protect because she's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And this kid is a but he's a monster. He's a monster. And so he comes after her and starts chasing her. And I guess she gets out somehow, right? Because we find ourselves on a lake. <laughs> yeah, she gets out. Yep. I almost, it ha- was, all this is going so fast. I almost don't remember how she gets to the boat. I just she gets think down when to he, the dock. I just think when he turned around, she took off and, and she found an exit somehow. Yeah. And so she ran down. And then there's a little lake with a dock, a lake on the shore of the lake, a dock at the dock of the lake, a motorboat. And she runs straight for it. She's like, that's the perfect escape. (laughs) Jumps in the motorboat, manages to start it. Boy Nightmare is chasing her. Um, Off she goes. I feel like she could have just taken off running. And this guy was faster than him. Yeah, with his little legs, she could have gotten away. He's three feet tall. Yeah. And she's amped up on the can't see very well. Well, his eyes. With his weird eyes. Yeah. (laughs) So. She's out on the lake, and then there's a sort of a placid scene where she's just kind of boating. She's just kind of like, oh, that was scary. But this is calming. And, uh, I mean, I really like Jennifer Lawrence in this. She's beautiful, but in a way that is very specific, right? There's just something about the configuration of her face that is really, um, the camera loves it, and you just, you can sort of stare at her and be like, Wow, she's actually like her eyes aren't all that symmetrical, but she's really there's something captivating about her. She she doesn't like she seems to have two states in this movie. Mm. Oh, you all right? I'm okay. Yeah, that's thunder. She's, 
No way. Really? That is thunder. Yeah. It's literally shaking my house. Holy mackerel, man. I hope you're okay. Oh, yeah. I'm fine, but it's just it's very loud. So uh, there's it's a little she seems to have... for the. Sure. I make movie. sure that the kid is not outside. Oh, God. I'm going to oh, double man. extra lock my door. So, of course, the kid shows up, and I forget how he gets there. Does he swim? He's Has he been hanging onto the back of the boat. He jumps or swims or something. I don't. He gets in there somehow. And, He's part and fish, so he can swim. Throws his like assemble a spear at her, and it punctures the gas tank. Mm-hmm. And over she goes, right? Or yes, no. There's a scuffle. Yeah, there's a scuffle. Ca- boat catches on fire. Right, 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 right. Okay, so this is all, I can't even keep it in sequence. This is all happening so fast. Let me go back to my texts here. Okay, here are my texts. Kid's face is deformed. Motorboat that won't start. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fucking gross. Because <laughs> I think- That was the pit thing, probably. Maybe. No, that know. was the second oh. thing. Doesn't like, oh, the bugs come to save her. Yeah. Yeah. And start eating off his face. And he reaches up and kind of claws off a huge hunk of his. Oh, that's right. That's right. Air quotes face. Mm-hmm. Sorry for dropping the F-bomb, but it really was mm-hmm. merited there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my next text is, and he falls in. Motorboat explodes, right? She, he falls overboard. She starts to start the motor. It bursts into flame. Now the lake is on fire. She dives out. And we see her swimming underwater. We know this kid isn't dead yet. We know this kid isn't dead yet. That's not how these movies work. And she just swims down for some reason. So rather than stay under the water and try and swim out from under the flame, she swims straight down. Um, And this scene kind of goes on and on. Like it kind of goes on and on. And then I write, kid's still alive underwater after literally five minutes. (laughs) 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 And and, uh, a little bit goes by and I write, I'm still waiting for Shapiro to show up with a gun. So we, (laughs) and then... (laughs) <laughs> I won't read you the rest of my tweets because not tweets, but texts because there's they get obscene again. But it's like bam, boom, what? Oh, hey, uh, it's just the whole thing gets even faster. Um, we think. So, how does she kill the mutant kid? We we think he's dead because he clawed his face off, and then underwater, she gets him again somehow. She she stabs him or, or something again. You think, okay, now, and she swims to shore. Every time she has a near brush with this, she returns to immediate calm. Like they just took a month. Yeah, off she, and just leisurely, she just leisurely, she just leisurely swims to shore. Like it's the weirdest thing because this is literally the fifth or sixth jump scare time this thing has come back. And I'm like, actually, the lesson you would learn from this is not to calm down because he can't still right. He's clearly not dead each time you kill him. The last so she gets to shore, minutes, Shapiro shows up. The, I was going to say the last 20 minutes, her heart would have been beating so fast that she might have had a heart attack. Right. You know, in real life. You know, she shows yeah, so up. Shapiro shows up. Hooray. Who we think uh, we think actually up to this point that Shapiro has been working against her because she's been mm-hmm. like, I just want to talk to my dad. I just want to get out of here. And Shapiro's like, oh, no, your dad left town. Oh, oh wow. Fax you the money. The money didn't come. There's no letter, you know, it's like you, Shapiro is hiring somebody to kill you or something. It's crazy, you know, and Shapiro shows up and has a gun and you think, oh, Shapiro's going to shoot her. But it turns out Shapiro's like, oh, are you OK? He's just packing heat. He's just holding a like a Colt 45 mm-hmm. in his hand. 
And uh, and she's like, oh, thank gosh, you're here. Uh, we got to get out of here. And then Shapiro is suddenly decapitated. Shunk. Right? His head just goes, blah, 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 goes rolling off and she screams. And it's the mom. Holding and, she had, and she decapitated with us like a big metal sign. It looked like, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, big it looked sheet like of a, metal. Yeah, like a pastry cutter or something, but a huge. It had to be a yeah. road sign or something. Yeah. Uh, just and just lops his head off with it, and then she's screaming something like, you know, I had to protect my son, and she's like gnashing her teeth and rolling her eyes, and now, you know, I killed him for to protect my son, and now I'll kill you for revenge or something. And she has you know, she has her down on the ground with the. The uh, she's pushing the metal sign thing into right. Jennifer Connelly's neck, and this so, is uh, this is the sign with which she just decapitated a full grown man with a single, swipe, yeah, a single swipe, a single swipe of the thing, and his head <laughs> rolled off like a mannequin dummy. And now she's having a little trouble getting it through Jennifer Lawrence. No, Jennifer Jennifer Connelly. Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't come into this film. Jennifer so, Connelly's throat. I want Jennifer Connelly's like ah. Oh. <laughs> And before you, re- I'll let you reveal what happens. Before you reveal, I, I just want to say one thing real quick. In in any a hundred other movies that we've seen, right at this point would be when the cop or a cop would shoot the killer. Correct. That would be, but that doesn't happen. So that's, what happens? That's, that's what you're supposed to see happen. But what yeah. instead happens is. <laughs> The woman threatening and trying to kill Jennifer Connolly is attacked by the chimpanzee wielding the found that apparently it's just been toting around this whole time. It's like a found a straight, straight razor. razor. Just carry it around. Big, shiny, you know, <laughs> shaven haircut, straight razor, and takes its time with her. Like just screaming. like cutting her face. Yeah, just yeah. carves her like a Christmas turkey. Just... Mm-hmm. You know, dragging it across her face, and the woman's just sort of lying there on the ground, turning it. Oh, ah, 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 and the monkey's like, ah, ah, ah. slash cut, slash jab, slash mm-hmm. cut. It goes on. It goes on for a while. He basically doesn't turn the woman's face into hamburger, but it's not pretty. And then the monkey kind of like, you know, is tired, and she's like, oh, Jennifer's like, oh, you saved me. Come here. And the monkey comes over and they have a hug. And that's and the end, I th- right? I think they walk away. Yeah, I think they walk away holding hands. Like, Yeah, I think they do, yeah. You know, as you do when you have a chimp in a movie, you got to show the shot of a chimp and human holding hands, walking into the, the you know, the light source. It's not the moon, but it's like some stage light. Up. And then I think mm-hmm. it's just credits, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I loved that. I think that. that was the end. I don't remember anything after that, but. I think so, too. I loved the chimp killing her. That was one thing about this movie, whether you like it or you don't like it, you can't say it's predictable. You know, I can't think of another movie that I've True. ever seen where a chimp uh, killed the killer that, you know, I think we had a little, a little hiccup there, but yes, I oh. can't, I can't remember a chimp, um, a, a chimp savior film either. Yeah, exactly. We were just sort of repeating the same agreement that that's unique. Yes, I couldn't predict this one at all. I liked that about it. Act three was, I felt act one and act two were kind of a slow burn. And, you know, I I occasionally was checking my phone and stuff. Um, But act three, I I mean, I had to pause a couple of times and be like, wait, what just happened? (laughs) Because it's so many twists and turns that happen all right at the end. 
and they're out of left field. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, the, then the cops show up. Oh, but he jumps out a window and then there's, oh, he hasn't accomplished in the car. Oh, no. You know, it's like, oh, there's a monkey. Oh, the monkey's got a straight razor. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> so like I was saying, at, at, kind of at the top, I think with in this was was pretty common of Italian cinema in general, but I, I definitely feel like this was something that Argento did is a lot of this. I don't think they were super concerned with everything making sense. A lot of this is not as much as some other Argento movies, but there's some of this that just feels dreamlike, you know, you're not really in, you know, the, the dubbing, uh, lends itself to that as well, but it's just sort of like you just feel like you're in this alternate re- weird world that isn't yeah. that isn't you know real life. But it it and this is a movie that that's what I was saying in the beginning. You get into it a little ways, and you think with the bugs and all that, you think this is going to be a super schlocky, dumb movie, and it's not. It's ridiculous but it's not a really like a so bad it's good kind of a film. I, I don't think um, it's a lot of this, even though it doesn't all make sense is pretty effective. You know, that stuff, when you get into where she's trapped in the house and crawling down into this dungeon and then falls in the pit of the bodies and all of that, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. When she falls into the pit of the bodies, like when it's upsetting, it's upsetting. Yeah. You know, and uh, there was a number of times I was like, oh, oh, you know, and it's not like torture porn, but it's no, it is, uh, you know, it's it's body horror. It's it's disgusting and the decapitations are upsetting. And the first victim gets a, uh, you know, a pair of scissors through her hand. And it's not a co-ed running for her life like these are schoolgirls and they're terrified and it's really upsetting. You know, um, and I think in in a sense of that, what it, that's what it was going for as a horror movie. It was very effective during those scenes. Yeah. Um, and I so let's we're about at, we're we're at about that time. I would recommend it. I think um, the the asterisks or the caveats I would put on it are, you know, it's an eighty five movie. It's our, our Argento. If you know anything about Argento, it's going to be a little. Um, I keep thinking of the right term to describe what we've been talking about. It's not exactly surreal. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know what the right term is. Yeah, like but I it's say, also not quite literal. I mean, there's a no. lot of stuff that are meant to evoke a feeling, a dreamlike thing that it's not, not entirely uh, committed to telling a literal linear, you know, it peppers in a lot of dream state type, you know, visuals that are that I think are about. I interpret them as being about trying to display visually what a, a character is sort of experiencing a moment as. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree with that. And some of that's great, and some of it doesn't work so well for me. But certainly, if you're into this type of stuff. And you're looking for something weird and different and something. I mean, we've just spoiled it all here for you. Um, So sorry about that. But I mean, part of the delight for me was like 
the twists and turns it took in that act three, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. I was laughing out loud to myself, not because the movie is uh, comically funny, but I was just like, you know, this is insane <laughs> how fast this is. New stuff is coming out of left field and, and you're like, what? Oh, I can't keep up with this. So if you're tired of the same old predictable stuff, this is a movie that's going to have things in it that you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would what would you say? Recommend or not recommend? Yeah, very much recommend. Like I say, I uh, I hope that um, that we can watch some other Argento uh, movies sometime later on, because I think there are other, some other ones that you would enjoy. This isn't really, I don't think among fans is viewed as one of his best movies, but it's really entertaining. And like I said, you know, there's some just bonker stuff. There are some genuinely upsetting and just nightmarish elements to this. There's some other things that are are goofy that are goofy, but it's a well-made film. Um, I was I was saying to you, Chris, that I watched this on Shutter, and it's a beautiful print. I don't know if the the one on Prime, how if it looked good or not. Um, but I know you said there were some sometimes. I think the audio it, it looked fine. Up. It was a it was a buck ninety nine to rent it on uh, just through Prime. And it was fine. I wouldn't have said, oh, it looked beautiful. And there was a couple of times when the dub seemed to drop out. And what I got was the Italian language stuff. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it. It wasn't a lot. It was just a couple of times. And I thought that was weird. But for a buck ninety nine, I was like, I got my money's worth. Yeah. It's also, uh, it is free on Tubi, the T- Tubi app, T-U-B-I. So if you don't mind commercials, you can watch it for free on there. I don't know what print that one is, but... Um... So, yeah, I, you know, people who if you like 80s horror, if you if you've maybe uh, heard about Italian uh, horror and Argento and maybe haven't seen um, any of his movies, this is, believe it or not, is less weird than some of his other films. So I think this is a little more accessible to somebody just starting out. So, yeah, I, I really recommend it. And I think there's a part of me that really, I mean, I like Jennifer Connelly as an actress and I'm always curious to see, you know, actors that I know, um, see their early, you know, getting started. This isn't, I'm just looking at her IMDb. It's not her first credit. Her first credit was once upon a time in America. Actually before that she was in union of the snake, Hmm. uh, Duran Duran video or something. Oh, okay. Credited, but phenomena looks like it's her first where she's the lead. Uh, and right after that, she went on to do Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah, you could kind of which tell. Which you may have heard of Labyrinth. We ought to do Labyrinth. Yes. Yeah, I saw that in the movie theater as Did a child, really? as, a, as a wee lad. Yeah. So yeah, I bear. definitely recommend a wee, wee. Um, so I would like to, we had some, uh, some feedback on Instagram. So I just wanted to read out a, a couple of things that people had said. So I had posted one, I had a, a few different posts about, um, our recent creep show episode. So one was, um, there's a boy in creep show who's part of the wraparound story. And he is actually Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. And so one guy, spaceman Piff said, uh, 
Creepshow uh, is one of the greatest films of all time. And holy shit, I did not know that that was Joe Hill. Um, uh, Abby, who is horror underscore in underscore real underscore life, said, I had no idea how many huge stars were in this. I really need to rewatch because I posted about that Ed Harris and um, uh, Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. Uh, we're in it. Um, Michelle, I don't want to lose my place. Michelle G said, I love creep show. I'm listening, listening in later today. OMG. And, um, sorry, I'm reading this off of the, uh, so we had, sorry, I've lost my place here. So we had from the GART, G-A-R-T, Gartbage Pod podcast, Nick and Aaron had done a shout out and need to find what they said. Sorry, this is taking up, causing dead air. It's okay. Um, I should have had it all ready to go. I lost it. Anyway, I'm sorry, uh, I don't have the exact quote, but um, they really liked the show and were saying that they were really happy about the the Creep Show episode and um, they liked our whole catalog. Um, Megan said um, about Joe Hill that she had gone to see Stephen King and Joe Hill together at some kind of a, an appearance in Somerville, Massachusetts. And she said that Stephen said that uh, after they shot, um, he said after they shot, uh, there's a scene where um, Joe Hill, I guess, is smacked by his dad. And he had a fake handprint. And she said that Stephen King said he took him to McDonald's after they had filmed that scene and they hadn't taken the makeup, makeup <laughs> off. So he had this big handprint on him. And he said people were giving him dirty looks like, you know, he was had abused his his son or whatever. So I thought that was pretty funny. So, so yeah, that was a little bit of feedback that we had. That's awesome. I love getting that. Um, yeah, so I keep it coming. We're, we're glad Absolutely. that people were happy about the episode. What do you want to do for next time? Oh, Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com is how you can get a hold of us. And we're on the socials. Yeah, we don't so, participate in the socials a ton, but we're on there for sure. Yeah. Um, we had talked about a science fiction film that, so I was looking at lists of science fiction, kind of underappreciated science fiction movies that maybe I hadn't seen, or we both had not seen. And one that I, that kept coming up in lists was strange days that I believe is from 1995. Have you ever seen that? I I have seen it. I'll be happy to watch it again with you. Yeah. I've never seen it. Really. It's really worth talking about. Cool. So let's do that. Strange days for next time. Leaping from 1985 to 1995 from horror to sci-fi. Um, Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. Both lichen phenomena. And anything else? Any final words, my friend? No. Check out uh, Phenomena. It is It is worth watching. It might be one that you see the cover or whatever and think, Oh, that's going to be cheesy, but it, but it's, it's not all that cheesy. It's, it's a pretty well done film and it has some 
some spooky parts in it. Yes, and it's definitely weird. Definitely weird. If you like weird. Definitely weird. Yeah. I don't know like if weird. this would pair with uh, the wacky tobacco or not, but I don't know. Interestingly, I did not get high last night. Okay. Uh, and which is uh, not to tell too many family secrets, but that's something I tend to do sometimes as the mood strikes me. Um, when I'm sitting down to watch movie night, I watched it sober last night. Um, this movie know. might be upsetting I, on weekend. I, I, I think know. it would. I think the upsetting <laughs> stuff would have been really upsetting. I think I would have had yeah. nightmares about the upsetting stuff if I'd have been under the influence. Because I, I was just drinking water and I was watching it, thinking, "Oh, this might give me nightmares." So <laughs> I watched it with a piece of burnt toast and a lukewarm <laughs> glass of tap water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that sinister laugh. Um, have a great uh, rest of the week and uh, check out Strange Days with us for next time. And we will talk to you next week.